This isn't like Louisville Lamar Jackson. This is like yeah, that's what Louisville. You know? This is Scott Satterfield Louisville. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're not a big Satterfield fan, right? Or Nate? I feel like no. I like Satterfield. No, you like Satterfield. I, I think he's a good coach. Who's the other one in the ACC that you don't like? Obviously, Dabo. Um, There's someone that you didn't like. I was like, Damn. Um, what's his face at NC State? Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, Dave Dover. Yeah, yeah, Dave you hate, yeah. That guy is a certified salt and vinegar bottle. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Hey guys, it's Terrence Nan. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go Dose. Hey, what's up? This is Peter Ward, aka E Dub, in the house. So we're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go live, go nose. Hi, this is Charlie Ward, and you're listening to Hear the Spear, Go Nose. This is Terrell Buckley. You're listening to Hear the Spear, presented by No Game Day. No bloody. But perhaps better known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field, Dion Primetime Sanders. Great Dion Sanders, my brother. What's going on, man? I, I can wake up to that greedy every day, man. That was awesome. Hello, those fans. This is former Seminole Derek Brooks, and you're listening to Here's the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day. James Wilder Jr. What's going on, James? Thanks for having me on SSOD, Florida State or Die, and go Nose. William Barnon Floyd. Gentlemen, what's up? What is happening, guys? This is Logan Robinson from Here This Year, presented to you by Noel Game Day. We are here on this fantastic, beautiful Wednesday evening here in Tallahassee. Oh, and three, baby. Oh, and three. Exactly. Woo. Like what I was just about to say, Florida State starts off the season 0 oh, and three. We did our instant reaction. Uh, Saturday night right after that. Uh, tonight we'll be going through a lot of quick hitters, a few topics here and there with some recruiting. Dustin and I were in attendance uh, for Florida State's practice on Tuesday, and we also had Noah there covering it this morning. So we'll have latest on the practices. Uh, we're talking a little bit of college football week one. We'll talk some NFL Knowles. They're firing off on all cylinders there. And then we'll talk some Florida State versus Jacksonville State. Who do we want to see? Uh, at quarterback, maybe we'll see another guy. Why are we talking State. Florida State at Jacksonville State? Should I don't know why it says Florida State at Jacksonville State. I don't know why it says. Oh, I'm at the. I'm on the wrong docket. I'm on the wrong docket. I was wondering because you're like college football week one. I'm like, where are we at? I, I'm on the wrong docket the whole time. <laughs> We're all over the place. I went three, and this is what happens. Yeah, I was like mixing in everything. But, Tell uh, you out there playing Louisville three thirty on Saturday. Yeah. I, I don't like it. I don't like it to me. That ruins my whole day. It really does. And we'll give score predictions, and Austin has the latest with basketball on the schedule release. With me this evening, we've got Nate Greer, lead recruiting insider. D. Lou is up there at the top. Dustin Lewis, lead writer and editor at NoelGaming.com. And then Austin Veezy, lead basketball writer with all the novels going out like it's Harry Potter week. Holy smokes. 2,000 words on a position? What's wrong with that? What? Like... Schedule release, though. Schedule release. We can talk about this man that. did six paragraphs on Justin Lindler. Okay, it was two. <laughs> nah. It was two. All right. It was two. Got to over-exaggerate a little bit. Yeah, just a tad. Nate, how's it going? How are things feeling? Um, about the season or in general? <laughs> no, just personally real quick before we get into the really fun part. Uh, personally? 
It kind of sucks, dude. So, like, you know, my, my dog has cancer. So I had to take my dog to the vet. That was a ridiculous amount of money. Um, Florida State's only three. Uh, hey, Chicago's starting Justin Fields, so that, that's, that's, a, that's a positive. Um, say that could be a positive for yeah, you know. too. Otherwise, my sports life sucks. <laughs> nah. so, well, I, I think a lot. At, of- at, least, at least Chicago's won. Minnesota can't relate. Yeah, you know, yeah, I, I think they're in a four-way tie for first right now. No, nah, it's Chicago and Green Bay at the top, and then Detroit and Minnesota yeah. third. As good as the NFC West is, the NFC North is just horrible. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the worst team in NFC West would be the best team in the NFC North. <laughs> but yeah, a uh, little crazy busy week. We what published 60 articles last week. And I think this week we're looking at at least maybe 75. It's been absolutely insanity over there. You know, We were at practice on Tuesday morning early, and then Noah's also there on Wednesday morning. So now we get to bring this to the show and give it a little bit more coverage. Uh, before we jump into everything, you can always subscribe to us on YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, or also on Spotify. Subscribe there so then you actually get to see whenever the new episodes get dropped. Uh, gentlemen, we got a good amount, a little bit to talk about here tonight. Uh, let's kind of start off really with our last thoughts on the Wake Forest game now that we've been able to gather our everything, have conversations with everyone, and have some time to think. You know, that was, once again, a brutal loss. Florida State doesn't score in the second half whatsoever. What's going on with the play calling? Where are guys being put? Is it time to see a lot more youngins on the defensive side of things, maybe even offensively too? What really went wrong against Wake Forest? So I'll just say, you know, I think this team in general just really struggles uh, with adjusting. You know, they come out with a game plan, but when the other team shows them something different and and hits them in the mouth, you know, they just can't adjust on the fly for whatever reason, whether that's, you know, with coaching or, you know, obviously there's still some, some issues on this roster that the staff is trying to get ironed out. And, you know, it, it just it didn't happen on Saturday. And, and I talked about it in the uh, the postgame recap, but we're seeing those same issues from last year where this team is just struggling to get something done in the second half for whatever reason. You know, Jacksonville State, you only get three offensive points in the second half. Wake Forest, you get zero. So, you know, hoping some of those adjustments finally come through on Saturday and you see, you know, hopefully more of a full four quarters throughout the game against Louisville. They just they got to find a way to sustain drives. They've been struggling with it all year. We, we talked about it after the Notre Dame game. I was just it was so boomer bust, and it's it's just been the same since. Like, the offense just has not found a way to sustain drives. On defense, they can't get off the field, and even when they get to third or fourth down, they make a mistake and extend the and the offense extends the drive. They're just they're doing everything wrong. You know the only thing good that came out of that game was I got a tan from being at the game. That's about it. Mm-hmm. Other night, <laughs> it's been a very poor show in the last couple of games. Now, uh, my concern is you sit here, listen to the coaches after practice, and talk about how they wrap it in practice and how in practice everything goes well, and then they get in the stage and they just jack it up like they they can't get it together. You know, when when they have to the most. You know, when it comes down to to game day, they just revert to old habits they don't communicate so you know it just tells me that 
you know, th- this team just doesn't have the right pieces yet. And uh, I-, I-, I know everyone's frustrated with-, with the coaching staff. You know, I think we all have our frustrations and some of it, it some of it, it-, it is deserved, but, you know, just listening to a couple of different podcasts and just reading and thinking about it, you know, it's just FSU doesn't have the pieces that they need in order to, to do what they want to do. And, you know, it's it's pretty telling if they can rep it in practice, but in the game they just they just fold. So, you know, this team has to continue to get mentally tougher. You know, just get some dogs in there, some guys that want to play ball. And I don't think we're there yet. One thing to note on is Coach Atkins talked about how you know his offensive line is a position group. Whenever in practices and drills and in the film room they're calling out the right things and and they're all correct they're all on the Mm -hmm. same page everything's working great but he mentioned when it comes to game time they challenge they're they're it's a big challenge for them and they're not all together there's not a lot of chemistry and he mentioned no it's not doesn't help too with how many combinations that they've had to try out there and an actual game time and have so many different combinations so that hurts the chemistry but he did say you know there's a lot of times where you know, a player that he knows he thinks is going to do very well this upcoming uh, this upcoming weekend just struggles, and it's a whole one eighty from what they're seeing in the film room and on the field mm-hmm. during drills, and that's that stinks. Yeah, and like you said, uh, you know, Atkins pretty much said in the moment when these guys have one opportunity, you know, to make the correct play, a lot of the times they struggle to do so for whatever reason. But in practice, they're getting it right whenever they review film and look at the mistakes they made, the guys know what they should have done. It's just when it comes down to act actually executing, you know, in that five or six seconds of a play, they're not doing it consistently enough for whatever reason. And like you said, Logan, I mean, the injuries have had a lot to do with that on the offensive line. Obviously guys have been shuffling out each game and you even had Darius Washington at center on Saturday. Atkins said that was the first time that Washington had ever played center in a game during his career. So mm-hmm. a, a lot of guys are, are still adjusting. And, you know, we talked about in the preseason, we are like the one position group where FSU cannot have a ton of injuries is at that offensive line. And you look through three weeks and it feels like everyone is banged up. Yeah. And Treshawn Ward talked to the media when we were there and he talked about, you know, having the refs and attendance during the practices helps the whole team be be accountable and it helps them understand, you know, maybe where we need to be lining up better and understanding that scheme because of penalties has also been a problem for the state. And that just continues to be a thing. And I thought I saw some improvement last year, but it just kind of fell off right at, you know, during Jacksonville state. And now it's been on a trend since, and you got to hope going into this upcoming weekend, that's got, that has to be fixed. And I think a lot of the complaints this up, this whole week since uh, we last record recorded was, you know, Dillingham's comments about saying that he wasn't fully prepared. Their offense wasn't fully prepared for Wake Forest's defense. And it was, it had earned a lot of uh, turmoil on Twitter because that's just a comment you can't state. First of all, that's don't, you don't put that out publicly. And secondly, you know, what do you think Wake Forest was going to do? I mean, they face two nobodies, and then they're going to come and face. They've got Florida State coming to visit on a game. Things are going to be switched up. That's just college football. That's just kind of how it goes, and that just started a whole national thing. And it's just not what you say. Well, you know, no, no guy said it right when they talked about the fact that 
it's now on tape. You know, Jacksonville State, FSU's athletes couldn't separate. Now against Wake Forest, again, you know, FSU doesn't have the ability to get open in the passing game. So, you know, what what we saw in the Notre Dame game, you know, that could have been a bunch of smoke and mirrors. You know, so you know, this staff has to figure out how to get those guys open on a consistent basis. Um, you know, when you look at the one-on-one matchups, you know, who can beat the one-on-one matchups? You know, who do you guys think right now on, on the roster can beat one-on-one matchups on a consistent basis? I don't know. Um, maybe McLean. Yeah, yep. I was going to say maybe McLean. But other than yeah. that. I, I think that Douglas could. Um, you know, he, he's been able to make a couple of big plays. And that's um, you know, that, that, that crazy. I, I, I like Williamson too. You know, uh, you know, I, I think, but you know, it, it all starts up the front, up front, like like you said, Dustin. We talked about FSU couldn't afford injuries to start the, you know, you start the season three games in, and you've already had a handful of different mixtures on the offensive line. Um, yeah, they thought they had maybe eight or nine guys that could play up front, but you know, they don't have that consistency in, in that carry over from game to game yet. And so that's, in, it, it, it's impacted the, the entire offense. You know, you look at the defense and yeah, they've been able to get to the quarterback more and you haven't seen as, as poor overall DB plays we saw last year because they're getting to the quarterback more. It, it's the same thing, man. You know, it's, it's a team sport and one part's not doing the job. It's going to throw off the whole thing, but you know, I never in my life have I seen a Florida State team that doesn't have athletes that can beat Wake Forest, you know. So uh, it, it, this is a real challenge for Norvell. Uh, I refuse to think that you know he's lost his innovation as an offensive play caller coming into FSU. That's one of the things about him being an up and coming head coach and one of the best offensive coaches in the country. I think that's all still legitimate, um, and. and whether we like it or not, we have to be patient until the pieces that they really won't get there. And it's really just, I think that's why people are calling for the youth movement. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely disappointing because you look out at wide receiver and, you know, coming into the season, you felt okay about the veteran options out there and Keyshawn Hilton and Ontario Wilson. Then you also had Andrew Parchment uh, coming in from Kansas. He was expected to make a big impact. Obviously he has not so far, whether that's because, you know, Either he hasn't transitioned like Florida State thought he would, or the coaching staff isn't putting him in the in the right positions to have success. But that wide receiver unit, I mean, it's been a total bust so far. And I think at this point, you know, you look at the tight ends because I think you do have a guy who's a potential mismatch there in Cam McDonald, and he just hasn't gotten a whole lot of looks through three games. Mm-hmm. And you know, you've got two seniors there in McDonald and Jordan Wilson, guys that we thought could really help this offense coming into the year, and they just haven't been utilized a ton for for whatever reason. And you know, Norvell really likes to use his tight ends. I'd like to see some more of those guys get involved <clears throat> the next couple of games, along with the running backs. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, Treshawn Ward has been fantastic. Deshaun Corbin has been pretty good as well. And we got a chance to see DJ Williams in practice this week. I'd be interested to see if he can get some game reps because, I mean, that guy looks like he could be a beast as well. So you've got some options. You've just got to figure out who to give the ball to more often now. The only thing I'm concerned with is they're going to run into, like, the 2013-era Vikings problem where they're facing seven- and eight-man fronts because no one respects the passing game. At some point, you're going to face a team that goes, okay, we're just going to stick eight in the box, see if your receivers can get open. 
and they're going to play man to man across the board and see what happens. Eventually, that's going to happen, especially against like a team like Clemson, who absolutely has the athletes to keep up with us, even if you can consider that. At some point, you're going to see it because right now, that's all that's working for Florida State is Trayshawn Ward, Deshaun Corbin, and every now and then a screen works. But other than that, there's there's nothing downfield happening, and that's going to be an issue going forward until they can figure out a way to make these big plays happen. We saw one big play, one deep t- touchdown pass last week. But other than that, it's not on a consistent basis. No, it's not so pretty. And the, the one thing I'll end off on really is your two your best running back is Deshaun Ward. Um, you know, I know you want to keep Corbin in there. And I, I don't think Corbin's having a bad season whatsoever either. And that's not, you know, my point here. But whenever you're establishing the run and you're driving down the field, it should be against the law to take number eight off the field. That completely ruined Florida State's drives numerous times. It's happened throughout the season and it happened last year too a few times, but it continues to be the case. There's no reason to see nine in there. If it's not working, you could throw in zero, but I mean, eight is doing fantastic. He's bringing you down the field. Why take him out of the red zone? Why would you even do that? You ran wildcat with him in the red zone. Why are you taking him out against wake forest? Why do you take him out while you're still driving down the field? I understand maybe a little tired, but you want to get him back out there as soon as possible. Um, Mm -hmm. That's something that I found is just, Blasphemy, and I think also if you look at you know DJ Williams, it seems like he's getting to a, uh, a rhythm now. Dust and I were able to see him, and he moves faster than I thought he really looked. I was like, dang, that's DJ Williams. He moves quick, uh, and now that he's back, it seems like getting close to hundred percent to be able to play. Is it going to be a dang four four running back rotation? You know who your best players are now. You're three games in. You stick with those two, and that's number eight, and that's number zero. Uh, I would like to see nine more in the passing game. Um, just to open some things up, uh, but yeah, you know, well, that's I was where deb- he needs to. That's where yeah, it, I, I, that's going to be the case. That's where he should just be used for. You know, I, I was debating Steve a little bit on this, you know, on the Mark Rogers post game podcast and on Twitter a little bit. I know Florida State only had a 51 plays, um, that's mainly due to the turnovers, but yeah, you know, I, I don't like the fact that the running backs only had 15 carries, you know, Jordan Travis had 11. Um, you know, some of those were, you know, sacks or whatever, but you know, that's not going to get it done. I know I get it. You know, we can, we can, we've talked about Jordan Travis ad nauseum, but when, when you have Corbin and, and Ward running really, really well, um, so far this year, and the, I think they total had, had 13 carries and I think to Philly had two, you know, I, I, I just questioned it. I know that, um, um, Dillingham talked a little bit about that, that they felt that they didn't have an advantage up there and that they were creating a little bit of a dog and pony show with the run game. Um, but I, I don't understand why you, you go away from it and go ball control with you. You definitely can't consistently get the ball downfield. So, and, and, and you know, looking at, at those, you know, when I, when I do the, the, the five plays that change the game, I look at the plays, you know, and watch the game, and then I look at each play. You know, Florida State had a couple drives where they were throwing the ball really well, and they would just shoot themselves in the foot. So, you know, it comes down to discipline and execution, and, and those are things that three games then have gotten worse from game one, and that's a concern. You know, talking about the running game, I just think, you know, they – 
they instantly got pushed off target of what they wanted to do because, you know, obviously the defense forces that turnover on the first drive. You instantly mm-hmm. turn it back over. Weight goes up seven nothing. You come mm-hmm. back down. I'm pretty sure um, on second and third down, they tried to run it twice, got stuffed. There was a three and out. You pump back, mm-hmm. commit that uh, roughing the punter penalty on Wake. Bam, it's 14 nothing. So now it's like, all right, do we keep trying to run the ball and, and, you know, potentially lose more clock or do we start putting it through the air now to try and get back in this game? And, you know, it was, it was 14 nothing early <laughs> on in that ball game. I just don't think they really got to do what they wanted to do. But, you know, at the same time, it doesn't make an excuse for the performance we saw out there. Yeah, and, and that's after the end of the Jacksonville State game. So, they, you know, you have that. You know, you, they, you already questioned the mental aspect and they come in, you know, this team is, is shows when they're doing well, they hang in, but no, still they can't handle the adversity. So, but no, I don't think this team, I don't think Arkansas is more talented than than um, Florida State. I think they just have better culture. Yes, culture is a thing. You know, I don't think that they were as as bad off as FSU was. So, I, I think top to bottom, Florida State's got a better roster. You know, Pittman's a good coach. I'm not taking anything away from Norvell. I think Norvell's a good coach. I just think Florida State has a lot more to overcome right now. It's not; it's more than just on the field with FSU. Yeah, I will say it's kind of weird. It just doesn't really feel like the the offensive coaches have figured out a rotation yet. Because you know mm-hmm. we talked about it a little bit, but once again, you know you see the flip flopping with Mackenzie Milton and Jordan Travis at quarterback for the first four or five drives, and you know you get them sprinkled throughout the game and then you like you said Nate the running backs Lawrence Toa Philly only touches it twice and you only you know you only get 15 total carries or, or whatever it was you've got mm-hmm. so many guys coming in and out there's just no chance to ever establish a rhythm so mm-hmm. I mean I'd really love to see him cut down to the top end of this rotation and just play like a couple guys you know because right now what they're doing with so much switching it's just not working mm-hmm. no. uh, and you know, I'm not. I'm not saying it's a 2013 team. It's not even close. But 2013 team didn't take that next step till the, till game four. So, you know, they made a lot of personnel changes and switched things up. You know, putting like Ramsey at at, at safety, putting Christian Jones at at defensive end. You know, they they made some changes here and there that really put that team over the over the edge. And, you know, I, I think now, or well, I would hope that, you know, going into game four, you kind of will see, instead of all the rotation, you, you see the guys and just let it ride. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Eric here. Eric Angel with the 20 bomb. Definitely appreciate the support. Eric's always in here chatting it up with us. Always, I love having him in the chat, but thank you for the kind donation. Yeah. I yeah. Mean. We need that because Dustin's out of shaving cream. So, for his back <laughs> that is true so this is true yeah, yeah so that's going to go towards dustin's back hair fund yep so anyone want to throw an extra 20 you know <laughs> yeah, we, need, we, we need a new razor for him so that is true <laughs> his manscape got all caught up and broke so yeah i know now we need now we got to figure out a way to support <laughs> dustin's yeah. trimming of his back hair so uh well I, was... I, I got one in my amazon cart uh dustin don't worry about it i got one coming oh, yeah. for you be able to appreciate you, you. Or early, early wedding gift man <laughs> early wedding gift. oh you're that's, gonna need that's it what i want 
I know that's what you need. Not one you need. <laughs> oh man. Good stuff. But yeah, that, that's, that's kind of final thoughts there on Florida state versus wake forest. We hon, move on, get, right? Hon, 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 hon. You know, Wesley says we need more energy. Um, yeah. This team needs more energy. Um, you know, yeah, this, this team needs to have a, they need to have something positive. Yeah. Um, but you know, from, you know, you guys can talk about it if you want, but from what you saw, what I've heard, the, the energy has been very well at practice. So that's a concern going into uh, a Louisville game where they could get blown, <clears throat> excuse me, blown out like they did last year. So, well, I mean, even just during the game on Saturday against Wake Forest, I mean, you saw it whenever these guys went down early, you know, they had their heads down on mm-hmm. the sideline and, you know, it looked like, you know, well, here we go again. And, I don't have an answer for it. I don't know how you mm-hmm. get out of that rut, but eventually, I mean, you've you have to success, overcome man. that mental fortitude and just go out there and, and face the adversity and get it done. And it's going to take, it's going to take one game. You know, I don't know when it's going to happen, but there's going to be a moment where I think that flip, that's uh, switch kind of starts to flip with some guys and hopefully it just carries over with the entire team. It really needs a switch. You know, we, that probably will get into it now, but uh, looking at the practices on you know Tuesday and Wednesday, at least the one that we were in attendance for, it was it was pretty bleak in my opinion. Just not a lot of energy, not a lot of guys talking to one another, not a lot of guys hyping each other up. And you know, Dawson was in the production manager. He's like, "Well, they're zero and three. I mean, do you blame them?" And I don't blame them, but you know, th- the biggest thing that I put on is where are the leaders at. Are there? Any- I don't see any leaders on this team right now. I know we were hearing the good things about Jermaine Johnson, Karen McDonald, and, and a few others. But all throughout that practice, I mean, guys weren't talking to each other. They went to go get drinks and, you know, during their water breaks. And no one's kind of chatting it up with one another, just kind of sitting on their own, just chilling with their cup of ice and Powerade. Um, and then we heard today that, you know, Noah said that things kind of turned a little bit and had more energy. Magnavell was really happy with how the team was performing, gave a lot of, uh, a lot of good you know, say so to a few of the players and thought that they were in the right spots, right time. And so, you know, maybe we were just there at a, at a bad practice and that happens in football during the Mm -hmm. weeks, even with the, with good, with good teams that still happens. There's still one of those days out of the week where it's just not so fun to be at. I mean, majority of us have played boss majority of the practice. We don't, I don't want to have anything to do with it. You you know, how many times that happened during the 2013 season, man. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Once, twice a week, just really just awful practices. Mm-hmm. And Jimbo, that where Jimbo would just have a Jimbo breakdown <laughs> and kick someone off the yeah, kick off someone out practice. practice, call practice, forget about it, you know, just freak out. Yeah, but what were your kind of first indications from being attendance for the first time at practice, D. Lou, and anything key to take away from that? Yeah, I mean, I thought it was a, a pretty cool experience because obviously i mean for me at least that's the first time i've been been able to be out there um watching a mike norvell run practice so it was cool just to get to see everything for about two two and a half hours and you know i thought the some of the wide receivers out there um looked very good obviously we haven't seen brian robinson yet this season but he made a couple of of splash plays out there and and indie drills and you know really seems I, i would love to see him start to get more involved in the game plan moving forward, along with Nate, you said it earlier, Ja'Kai Douglas, you know, he continues to take reps at running back and wide receiver. He had that long touchdown against Notre Dame and 
he's just got a ton of speed. And even last year, you saw it against Duke, where I think he had two touchdowns in that game. It's just you get him in space. He's disappeared and, since then, man. Yeah, like, I mean, it, it makes no sense. He's, like, been phased out of the lineup. He's another guy, I think. I mean, you need some burners out there at wide receiver, especially right now. You mentioned no one can get open. There's no speed out there. I mean, you know, we've seen Keyshawn Helton and Ontario Wilson for – last three, four, five years, you kind of know what they are right now. They're decent veteran options, but they're not high-quality starters. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's good to have guys like that in your rotation, but you don't want them to be your top-end guys. That's someone you want Malik McLean to develop yeah. into. I'll tell you what, man. Like, I, I know that, you know, this team has needs across every position, but, you know, for, for me, after watching, you know, three games, Kevin Coleman – it is like priority number one. Like getting Destin Hill on campus is like priority number one. You know, they need like they, they need bad. that. Like need it. Bad. Bad. <laughs> I need like, it. Like, like, it's like SpongeBob. Like, I need like, like, it. Like, like those are two different animals compared to what FSU has right now. You know, it you know. I think that's one reason why they were pushing so hard with, with Destin. And, you know, I know he wasn't an early enrollee, but spending time with him during spring and him sitting in on, on, on Zoom meetings and trying to get him ready. Because I think they knew, you know, coaches aren't mm-hmm. stupid, but you know, they got to get him in January. They got to get Kevin Coleman. Yeah, this um, goes they, to. They, they, they got to they, they get it. This was a question from 21 in the YouTube chat saying, Nate, Besides Duffy and Hunter, who are the other prospects that we can't afford to lose? So, um, everyone committed right now. Um, <laughs> I mean, to be honest with you, um, I think they have a good class put together. I mean, you, you know, you look at Kushan Sapp, you look at Charlton. I mean, I think they got to keep what they have in the trenches. I think they've done a good job on both sides of the ball so far. Woody, um, it, it, it's not a great year. For defense alignment, but they they got Daniel Lyons committed. Um, you know, Omar Graham. You know, he's the only linebacker committed really. Um, that that's just that's a concern. But you know, you look at Sam McCall. They got to keep him. They they, they got to keep this class that they have right now. Um, you know, I, I like Brian Courtney, man. You know, you watch him play. Um, and I, I I think he can bring a little bit to the table. You know, as a jumbo athlete, so I mean, but when you look at uncommitted, you know, right now I would say my top three or four: are Kevin Coleman, um, Marvin Jones Jr., Elijah Pritchett. You know, I, those are like the three that they they got to bring home. True, like they 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 got to land those three kids. Going back to Brian Robinson, like we were talking about earlier, he was he had a great. I thought he had a solid practice on Tuesday. And then today, Noah mentioned him quite a bit as being a, a player that's in the right spots, making grabs and playing very well and performing nicely. And, you know, it's time to start getting these guys into the uh, rotation attack, rotation attack, you know, get these guys that are young, give them a chance. We saw flashes during the spring game and, you know, then we don't really get to see him during the season. We see him out there, but they don't ever get targets thrown at him. Got to get these guys like number three, out there and give a chance to him. Yeah, and same with DJ Williams, because you know, I, I think 
there's potential he could bring something you're kind of missing in that running back room kind of a guy that runs with power but from what we saw on Tuesday also have some has some speed as well and he's got quick vision will hit the hole fast and there was one play I mean he just hit it right up behind the left guard ran by the linebacker boom I mean it was a touchdown easy so you know he's kind of been set back a little bit during fall camp missed the start of the season would love to see him get involved sooner rather than later for sure and if I'm not mistaken, you know, spring and et cetera was Brian Robinson was the only one that could could get open on a consistent basis. So you talk about guys who can't get open one-on-one matchups, guys who can't stretch the field, guys who can't win and help the Florida State offense, you know, not saying he's a, not saying that he's a definite guy who could do it, but we haven't seen that. So. I'm all about giving the youth uh, more minutes. Yeah. So. If you guys were in our Discord, you guys knew about this hours and hours ago, <laughs> but a cool little moment here where Brian Robinson was getting locked up, uh, was frustrated in the play before. Uh, Mungarell came over and, and coaches him up on what he needed to do. The next rep, Brian Robinson goes and runs a beautiful route, and Mungarell yells, yes, yes, there you go, Brian Robinson, and taps him on the helmet. So, uh, you know, I want to see more of three. I don't know why he's kind of being hindered off the, the, uh, the chart for these games or maybe not including any kind of offensive uh, swing. He's been banged up, give them. He hasn't been fully healthy. Yeah, and it's, it's like that. It looked 100% to me on, on Tuesday, mm-hmm. which maybe was a change from last week. We haven't been at any of the practices, but it looked like he had been been doing this for a while. Yeah, and I mean, one thing I will say is the coaches, you know, they're still 100% locked in. They're getting after it out there trying to get these things corrected. I remember watching um, the quarterbacks and wide receivers, or maybe it was the running backs, um, work with Kenny Dillingham. And, you know, he was just harping the ball placement, the way that the the wide receivers were turning up field on the sideline, just getting all over them for, for the slightest mistakes. Norvell as well. I mean, he was booming all day. You get, Odell was on the other field. I could hear him screaming at guys. So, I mean, these coaches, they're still fired up. They're trying to get this thing right. And, you know, these guys came into Florida State with with good credentials. I mean, this is a good staff. They've proven themselves at other stops. So, you know, we're seeing some frustrating things right now, but I do have belief that they're going to start getting this thing turning in the right direction, even if it may not be this season. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's a good comment there. <laughs> Let's talk Chubba Purdy. You know, we were we, Dustin. I mean, I thought he was the best quarterback there on Tuesday. Uh, once got a lot again, of reps. Like, seems like got a lot of reps. A lot of reps. Uh, some we got we got to see some mistakes. You know, Norvell talked about it uh, during the presser afterwards that he does still have those freshman mistakes here and there, but he's really liking his uh, his growing improvement uh, and. I thought he made some nice plays, some really beautiful throws. I think he's pretty quick rolling out of the pocket. I think he might be as fast as Jordan Travis there with his legs. And so, you know, be interested to see if Jordan Travis isn't fully healthy, good to go. That is number two option for Louisville. And if things go sideways or things aren't going good with number 10 out there, could we possibly see Shava Purdy this season? It's possible. I mean, you know, it's not something – it's not something I'm opposed to because from what we've seen through three games, you know, the, the consistency with 
Mackenzie Milton hasn't been there all the time. You saw those turnovers last game. And with Jordan Travis, you know, it just feels like he gets he gets banged up a lot. And, you know, obviously this is Milton's only year in Tallahassee. Next year, this is kind of going to be a quarterback battle between, you know, hopefully Jordan Travis, Chubba Purdy, Tate Rodemaker, and, and A.J. Duffy. So, you know, if the season continues to kind of, you know, go off go off the rails, I guess you would say, you know, sitting at 0-3, I think it'd be time to go ahead and, and plug Purdy in there, see what you got, because, you know, he's – He's going to be a big part of the future, you know. Hopefully, by all by all accounts, whenever he came in, he was one of the top quarterbacks in the nation. Obviously, had those setbacks last year and kind of got back to it over the off season. But you know, he's still a guy, a lot of potential to be a future uh, a dual threat for FSU. My, um, I'm all about it. Uh, I'm, I think I'm experimented out with what's happened so far, so. You know, take your lumps and understand the season's a wrap. So take your lumps down, move forward. Mm-hmm. Get some get some more options there at quarterback because it ain't working so far. So, yeah, that's kind of latest there on practice, practice notes. Uh, and one thing to note here, Nate, for you specifically, you, you talked about him quite a bit, Warren Thompson been officially put on scholarship over there at Arkansas. He's going to be over there with Kendall Bryles, offensive coordinator. Good for him, man. You know, yep. You know, good, good, good to see him uh, get another opportunity. You know, hopefully he can, you know, keep his head out of his ass and, you know, do something positive. And then moving on to Travis Hunter, you're actually like a really favorite guy. (laughs) Said, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm switching you around. I'm pulling you up and down in every which way, trying to keep you awake. Travis Hunter said he is indeed committing on Instagram Live. He said he's 100% locked in. Doesn't matter if they go 0 and 10. Now, listen to me. What happens if they go 0 and 12? Yeah, that's what I'm saying is Travis Hunter, smarter than everybody in the world, except for us here on the show. 0 and 10. He put in a loophole. There's, well, there's well, a way for him to for, for him to get out of this contract. Well, there's listen, a way for him to get out. Listen, the, the arguably the greatest recruit of all time is still from a committed. So, you know, you, you you have to look at and understand that you know these guys are still bought into what the coaches are trying to do. Um, you know, like I've said on a lot of these podcasts, Florida State fans need to understand recruits don't look at this the way that we do. They look at it as you know. How, how they can come in and help and how they can do things for, for the program and help the coaches, et cetera. So it's good to hear. Um, I, I feel even more better about it when, you know, the ink is dry on the uh, letter of intent. But you, you have to like that, you know, the, the aces, uh, the blue chippers in this uh, class are saying the right things publicly. So that bodes well as they continue to push for, for this class. I love yeah. Nate's progression on Travis Hunter from best best player in this class to best player in the last three classes to potentially best recruit of all time. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, love it. Know. I don't know what it's it, going to You got to give it some time here. Let us get to at least before he steps on. No, nah, I mean, it, uh, that's where we're at now, man. You know, the guys so proved it in to. practice, on the field, um, seven on seven, camp settings, whatever you want. This guy's proved that he's it. And he, he's even better with pads on. If that's even really possible. 
Yeah, so one thing slippery. I will say is this this recruiting class really goes as far as Travis Hunter goes. You know, as long mm-hmm. as he is a as a is a member of Florida State's class and you know continues the plan to sign with FSU in December and whatnot, this class isn't going to fall apart. You know, I think you mm-hmm. might have a couple guys jump off ship. The ones that I would probably be looking at right now are maybe Aluba and um, oh, what's his face? Oh no, missing oh. a name. Either way, the offensive lineman from Alabama is just slipping my head right now. But Who yeah, so <laughs> but yeah, a couple guys could jump off ship. I think you know it's important to keep monitoring, about monitoring things with uh no, he's from Texas with Sam McCall. But I really do feel you know he's really good friends with Travis Hunter. So as long as Hunter sticks, I think McCall sticks as well. Now I'm gonna go look. Now he's gonna go look for the name. While Talking I'm- about Woody. Yeah, Antavius Woody. Antavious I was mentioning Woody. him earlier. Um, I don't know, man. Like, I don't, I don't know, know if he visiting Auburn this weekend. I, I, I'd be more worried about the the, the three I, I would be worried about are Aluba, um, Woody, and then um, Travis Williams. Travion Williams. Yeah, Travion. Yeah, Williams, we, whatever. We talked about when he committed. You know, the Mississippi schools. They never give up, you know. I, I don't know what it is. Like, you know, it came back with Luke Altmaier and, and Bit Ford to say in the ass. We'll see if it happens again. But you know, hey, we saw. Hey, Go ahead. I got to follow up with that. So, what happens with Luke if they sign Archie Man- Arch Manning? He's got. Uh, he'll right. never see another snap. Yeah, Bad so, times for Luke. I don't know. <laughs> no bueno. I mean, I don't know, man. You know, it's that's the, your boy. You heard from him lately? No, yeah, I never I heard from, I, the last time I heard from him is when he told me that he was about to decommit. So, when, when he was like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm done with the, uh, done with the uh, podcast. I'm done with the, uh, the diary." And you know, then he, when he decommitted, he's like, "Hey, I'm a, I'll always be a Florida State fan. You know, good luck to you." That's the last last I heard from him. Mm-mm. That's disappointing. Yeah, sad times. Sad times. But, Doesn't hurt man. any less. It's been almost nah. a year, but yeah. Uh, yeah. So let's jump into a little bit of basketball stuff before we get into the FSU versus Louisville preview. Hang on, I want to go back to practice real quick, Logan. Go ahead. You never, you never uh, talked about your flag counter. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Florida State had refs out there like we had mentioned earlier, but I, you know, on my notes, I did the most important thing and that my top right corner had a flag counter with tally marker right there. And there was about at least probably, I just started counting them just a little bit later. So there was probably about seven or eight flags throughout the entire practice that uh, were being distributed. It's between drills and then you had 11 on 11. Uh, There was one-on-ones where the ref was calling pass interference. That had to be called about two or three times on DBs trying to get a hold of the wide receivers, but you know, flags are still a problem discipline on the side, on the field is still a major problem for Florida state. And it puts them in a really bad hole. They lose their momentum. Like y'all talked about earlier, loses Florida state's momentum on offense and on defense. Yeah. That's pretty much all, all I want to bring up that the DBs are, are still having some issues in the back end with letting players run free and, you know, we did see a couple big plays given up yesterday. I remember uh, walk-on wide receiver Parker Self had, 
I don't even know how to describe the catch he made over Travis J. It was just something ridiculous out there. And like you mentioned, the, the penalties. So still a long way for that DB unit to to continue to continue to go. Um, you know, I did like what we saw from some of the younger guys like uh, Kevin Knowles. And man, I mean, I'd love to see him get in the rotation some more. Really, in general, the whole defensive backfield. I'd love to see kind of more of a youth, uh, more of a youth movement. It feels like some of the the current starters are have kind of lost their confidence. Like they're just kind of going out there expecting to to give up a big play or commit a penalty or, or whatever, and they're just not totally focused. So, just give me some new blood. Let me see what the young guys have. Davion's asking, how do you guys feel about the targeting rule? The targeting rule. Obviously, it's been a big conversation. I hate it. I mean, I, I, I like. I hate the fact that the kids get thrown out of the game. I think that's stupid. Uh, I, I get the importance of it and why you do it, but now I think we're starting to see an increase in knee injuries because guys are now going low because they're so afraid to get kicked out of the game. So, you know, I think it's just as bad if a guy just destroys his knee. But I, I don't, I don't hate the the cheap shots. But I don't necessarily think they should get thrown out of the game. And I think it's tough for the kids when they when it goes back and review. Like, like where it's not called on the field, there's a pause in between plays, and they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to review this for targeting. I think that's even tougher. Mm-hmm. For me, if the refs don't catch it immediately, I think kind of let it go. Because it's, it's tough on a kid where he thinks he makes a play, then five minutes later he finds out he's thrown, for tar- thrown out for yeah. targeting. That's yeah, that, tough. That and when, when the guys are running the ball and they – tuck their head in or down and it they almost initiate the you know the targeting of the helmet to helmet whatever you know a, a guy can't stop mid tackle and, and, and change you know where, where he's going so I think that some of it some of these that you see with the offense I I, I think that you know the, the refs are leaning more towards protecting the offensive player when sometimes they're the ones that initiate the the targeting call it's annoying i just and as a fan i just hate it i just hate it just ruin i mean it just the games last so much longer and i'm just sitting here and it's usually the most obvious thing ever which it could should be called in a matter of probably about 10 seconds that's how it is for almost any kind of review we see in college football but it just seems like it's so much longer now and it's so annoying to watch it's jesus christ I just feel like they kind of abused the rule a little bit because, I mean, you know, it was kind of made for egregious um, helmet-to-helmet contact, and now you just see it for any type of helmet-to-helmet contact. You you look back to the the Louisville and Ole Miss game on, I, th- I believe it was Labor Day night, and I think four or five guys got ejected in the first half for, for yeah. targeting and ended up with like seven or eight total targeting penalties in the game. It was something ridiculous. Yeah. So they just have to be smarter about calling it. You know, when people are are purposely going for the head or violently going for the head or or whatever, that's when it should be called. But when it's kind of like a, a he said, she said play, you know, there's no malicious intent. Just let it go. It's football. Good God almighty. Jesus. And then don't even get me started on the NFL celebration thing. That's just. They're ruining it. Roger Goodell's what he's going to do. He's going to ruin it. And then everybody's going to get mad. Then he's going to say, oh, no, we're taking that away. Where now they can go back to celebrating. And 
then he'll be then he just wants to get all the hula and be like oh my god i did this i saved nfl and then he did the same thing whenever the uh touchdown celebrations he was highly against it they tried restricting all of them from doing it and then he gets a backlash from everybody and then a few seasons later hey it's back yay i'm the good guy blah blah blah. you're ruining the sport why don't you make it more fun because if you know it's hard enough for now people to keep their eye on a game they're on their phone checking what people are saying about the game and on social media let the game be entertaining you know if if a kid uh, an 18 year old is making a hit and it accidentally and it's obviously not malicious of any nature and it accidentally happens and you're not calling it on the field it should be just called off or you should just keep on moving along with the game that's just how football is but it's it's ridiculous and then it makes you think as a you know a db coming in to hit a running back like you also got to think okay so i've got to hit him here but what about that ruins your tackle there and that also ruins the play for you then you go back and look at film and the coach is like well why didn't you tackle like that well no i didn't want to get the call on me it's just too much of mental stupidity sometimes with things uh let's jump into some basketball vz before we move into our preview of louisville what do we got? We got a little basketball schedule. Yeah. I should be in a good mood right now during this segment. Big thing was the schedule came out uh, Thursday night. It was a weird time for it to be announced. Seven thirty on Thursday night was weird. Um, yeah. But honestly, it's a, it's not a bad schedule. Um, you, you open conference play at home against Syracuse December fourth. Uh, that'll be FSU's chance to tie the ACC record for most consecutive home conference wins, um, and then potentially the the, the record breaker against Louisville. In January, Louisville is going to be a good team. They got a lot of talent. There's there's a couple question marks here and there, but every team in the ACC has question marks. That game in early January is going to be a lot of fun. If Syracuse, if Florida State beats Syracuse, yeah. um, I'm, I'm imagining another very raucous environment like we saw in, in 2020. Hopefully, that's the case. You only have one big Monday game um, at home against Duke on January 17th. Only tough part is you have to play at Syracuse. Uh, the Saturday before, not an easy flight going from Syracuse to Tallahassee. Um, no. And then, other than that, the only, the only the main notable thing was was this four game stretch of February where you play at UNC, home against Clemson, at Duke, and at Virginia. That's brutal. That's a really brutal stretch. Virginia won't be as good as they've been the last few years, but still, <laughs> having to play on the road at UNC, at Duke, at Virginia, back to back to back weekends. That's tough. Ooh, that's a that's a really tough stretch. That is rough, and when you say it's a little rough for a younger, I guess they, they still got experienced guys on there, but a lot of younger talent on the team, and so that's going to be a learning experience for them, definitely on during road games. Florida State seems to have that good home environment, and obviously the streak is going to be gigantic. But when it comes to road, you know, and these younger guys, it's going to be a whole new something they've never seen before, a whole new setting. I mean, luckily, with with having some transfers in, like Caleb Mills, he's been in these environments. The, the American conferences know. It's not a bad conference. That's a good conference. There's some good environments, whether you're playing at Memphis, you know, whether you're playing at Cincinnati. Like, there's some good teams in that conference. Um, he, he's going to be used to it. You still have veterans on the roster like Anthony Polite, uh, Wyatt Wilkes. You, know, you have veterans on this roster. It's, it may take some time to gel it off, but it's going to be a good team and hopefully a good season. Um, we'll see how they handle that stretch in, in late February. We'll really see what kind of team they are then. Other than that, it's it's a solid ACC schedule. Your early road games aren't tough at Boston College. I would be surprised if Boston College wins a single conference game this year. They're just terrible. At NC State, whatever. At Wake Forest, whatever. At Syracuse, 
we'll see at Miami, at Georgia Tech. Like those are your early road games in the conference. It's not bad. Georgia Tech's not going to be the same Georgia Tech they were last year. Um, it's not a bad schedule. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously one one player that a lot of FSU fans are looking forward to seeing is Kentucky transfer Cameron Fletcher. Um, maybe, you know, the most raw, talented guy on the entire team. So, you know, what do you think he can bring to Florida State basketball and, and what's his role possibly look like for this squad? He struggled to score in his nine games at Kentucky last year. And the, the situation he dealt with in Kentucky was one of the weirdest situations you ever see from a player where a coach just goes on Twitter and says, hey, we're sending this player home. That's like you never see that happen. But he's exactly what you want from – or exactly what you expect from a Florida State guy. He's long, athletic, and is going to defend for 94 feet, be up in your face. He's probably not going to score a lot. I'd be shocked if he did. But he's going to do – he's going to make a lot of winning plays that, that don't show up in the, in the box score. Uh, I'm excited mention- for a point guard. Worley's, Worley's going to be fun. Caleb Mills is going to be fun yeah. when, when he gets his chance to run the one. I think he's going to start games at the two, but he, he's going to get some time to run the one. Worley's mm-hmm. going to be one of those players where in two, two or three seasons, you're looking at like, wow, this guy's really, really good. Um, and then Raekwon Evans, at this point, they just need him to be consistent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say, did you talk about Caleb Mills' um, defense at all? Because, you know, the potential with having Fletcher and, and Polite maybe share the backcourt with a good point guard defender. I mean, that just makes FSU's guard lineup crazy. Yeah. Obviously, Mills is going to be known for his offense. Um, I put a highlight tape in my article about the guards on Monday. Um, but he, He's a really good defender. You, you don't play for Kelvin Sampson and not be a good defender. It's just the way that works. you got to be tough, nitty-gritty playing for him. I think in his he only played a couple of games last year, but he, he was averaging like one and a half steals per game. Um, even his freshman year, I think it was like 0.7 steals per game. He's going to get his hands active. What, what I love about him he's, is he's not afraid to defend the basket in transition, which is something Florida State preaches. He's going to get back and test shots at the rim, and that's what you love to see. He's going to fit right in, and he's going he's gonna to provide something Florida State hasn't had at guard since, what, Dwayne Bacon, a guy that can consistently score, and even Bacon was a three. Who, who, who do you think is going to be the best freshman? Oh, Cleveland. Yeah, I mean that's that's not much of a debate for me. Worley's Worley's gonna be solid. He's just gonna, but he's mm-hmm. gonna do stuff that doesn't stand out. Cleveland's gonna be one of those guys where it wouldn't surprise me at all if he comes out averages twelve points per game. Like, it just wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, there there are people saying he's the best finisher in the twenty twenty one class, regardless of, of the prospects. Elite level athlete, elite level finisher. If he can find that three ball, he's gonna be one of the best players in the ACC. So what what do you what are you thinking like thirty one and two thirty one and three for Florida State uh, <laughs> forty and zero is where I'm forty and right zero. No. <laughs> no, I I think this is probably on paper uh, another Sweet Sixteen ish team. It really depends how I'm really concerned about scoring. Mm-hmm. You know I'm not, I'm not concerned about Mills. Um, and polite took that step forward last year where I I think he can be an 11, 12 point per game guy. But you got to have that third guy step up. If Cleveland struggles out of the gate, where, where he's only shooting like 35, 38% from the floor, who else steps up? Is it Worley? Is it Wyatt Wilkes? Like, <laughs> it, it gets kind of bleak if he's not scoring the ball well. Um, th- that's really the only thing I'm concerned about, but I, I'm pretty confident he, he's going to be able to shine right away. 
Um, and it, I, you got to see some development, especially from Cameron Fletcher. Like, I mm. really need to see him shoot the three ball well. Um, hopefully, Tanner Ingham, Quincy Ballard, and Nahima Cloud are taking big steps forward. Same with Malik Osborne. It, he just really wasn't comfortable at the four last year. Hopefully, he's a lot more comfortable at the four this year because he's going to have to play it a lot. Um, How do you feel about this team if, if Balsa comes back? If if one of Balsa or Raekwon Gray comes back this year, I think it's a top five team. Just from what they did individually last year, and especially down the stretch, um, I saw I was reading an article the other day where the last seven games, Balsha's on-off numbers when he was on the court, the team was just like was miles better defensively, and, and the eye test backed it up. The team was so much better defensively when he was on the floor. He had, he had made such great progress there. We'll see what happens this year. It's not a, it's not a strong crop of bigs between Ingon Ballard and McLeod. Hopefully one of them takes a big step forward because if they really struggle to protect the rim and hopefully they're not switched on the perimeter as much as they have been in the past. But if they're struggling to protect the rim, it's it gets kind of, it gets kind of tough down there. Luckily the ACC is not like there's not a ton of great bigs in the ACC. Um, Notre Dame got a really great transfer from Yale. I forget his name off the top of my head. And UNC is always going to have great bigs. But other than that, no, and Mark Williams at Duke, obviously. But other than that, there's not very many great bigs in the ACC this year. <laughs> yeah so if you're looking for all kinds of in-depth coverage so far austin has been killing it and also killing dustin's fingers when editing and getting put into the site but austin so far has guards and wings up what's up next Bigs will be whatever day dustin decides probably it's either gonna be friday or sunday if i don't imagine you write it i don't i know but like i don't know if you want to do basketball stuff the day before a football game so yeah. Sure. Hey, hey. Whenever you send it to me, I will, I will get it up for you. I don't care. I'll send it to you tomorrow night. I don't care. If it's Christmas Day. I'll get it posted. Might need the uh, uh, distraction after the weekend. Yeah. Hey, yeah. You might need. We might want a Sunday <laughs> That's piece. A <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Can, yeah. can we can we cut that sign in half to like 25 days? Mm-hmm. Basketball. Hey. I wish. I think everybody would take it. Oh man. Mendoza says loves uh, Austin's Knowles basketball cover. We love it too. We be best on the beat. Best Starting on the strong beat. this week. Start and now we can say, hey, week. we're on the beat, gentlemen. We're on the beat. We are on the beat. We're on the beat, baby. You want to start rapping like that? What's, all right, let's get moving on here. Yeah, into, let's, let's go ahead and move on here into some Florida State versus Louisville game preview. Gentlemen, Florida State is looking to get its first win of the season before September ends. That's the goal in mind. Florida State faces Louisville at 3.30 this upcoming weekend on the ACC Network. If I'm fully correct on that, Delu, I believe. Um, yes. No, you're wrong. The game, no, it's on ACC the game is on – I thought it's on ESPN2. No, it's on the ESPN Network. On the ESPN – get the – It's on ESPN2. <laughs> I the ESPN, the, the game against it, Syracuse is on ACC network. Yeah, we're, we're it's starting to transition to the ACC network season now. Uh, That's what you get uh, when you go zero and three. And then my, my, Miami FSU is going to be in the Ocho. <laughs> yeah, we will we'll figure out if that's on Nickelodeon or the View. I don't know where they're going to be putting that on. Um, but how are we feeling heading to this game? How do we feel? I feel like Malik Cunningham is going to run for 175 yards because we don't have the linebackers to keep him in the pocket. That's how I'm feeling. Ran over 90 yards against UCF. 
past uh, weekend or past <laughs> yeah. Friday. So, so Cunningham has six of their total seven rushing touchdowns. Mm. So he's rushed for 207 yards. Um, you take away all the sacks, he's still got 200 yards rushing. Um, you know, he's only sold for three, 639. You know, three touchdowns, two interceptions. You know, he's definitely still more more force on the ground, which is a scary thought because who's gonna who's gonna spy him? Uh, Gainer. If I'd imagine they they move Brendan Gant down. Yeah, yeah. You put Gant in the box. And have him spy. That mm-hmm. that's my that's my guess. I mean, obviously we won't know until Saturday, but I, I think he's the only one athletic enough and big enough. Where you can stick him down the box, but also I'm kind of keep up with Cunningham. He he, he Cunningham is one of those guys you have to keep him in the pocket. You can't yeah, let him no. dictate the game with his legs. No, like you have to put the hurt on him too. Uh, you watch Louisville with him and the teams that you know, hit him a lot. You know he's extremely hesitant, so you know, he's one of those guys that doesn't really like to be hit too much. So you're gonna have to really put him on his on his ass as much as possible. Yeah, he had a bad first half um, in, in their opener against Ole Miss. But ever since that, I mean, he's bounced back strong. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we can talk about that performance um, against UCF on Friday night where they put up 42 for the win, had over 500 yard, yards of total offense. And I mean, man, just seemed to be clicking on all cylinders. And now they're going to be going against the Florida State defense that has been pretty – unimpressive to say the least in the defensive backfield as of late um, the linebackers are a liability as well so you know there, there's a lot of potential and FSU's offense man I mean they're gonna have to keep up because there's potential for a lot of points to go up on the scoreboard and you remember the game last year uh, I believe it was 48 to 16 in Louisville's favor Florida State did not score in the second half or if they did maybe they got a field goal I can't remember off the top of my head but like I said earlier, you know, this is one you've got to score all four quarters and stay in this game throughout, or, or Louisville is going to wipe the floor of Florida State. And coming into the season, I had this game uh, predicted as a win. I'm not feeling so confident now. Mm. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people are feeling pretty confident about it. I think they'll be, you know, be us in the stadium and 16 others. Uh, I don't expect <laughs> there to be a crowd. Am I wrong? Nate was talking about 50,000 last week. I was like, oh, my God. I don't know what that is. That's very nice. That's more than Jacksonville State. I, I, I think there's going to be. Or close to it. I think there's going to be 50,000 people there. I think there'll be 32,000. Never. 30, I, I, maybe. I think there'll be 52,227. Yeah, 227. <laughs> Can't wait until we get up there and be able to hear the. Not, not but like. There's just you know, not going to be a lot of energy there, and this team need. We talked about earlier. This team needs some kind of positive thing. It needs a switch, and it doesn't have that yet. So and I don't think the crowd's going to bring it. They've lost that. So just a couple things. Uh, Louisville is four and one against Florida State against the spread in, in the last five. So you know what? Straight up, FSU is one and six in the last seven games. And you know now comes in Louisville who. Beat a pretty good UCF team. Um, you know, it, it, it was a track meet, 42-35. Uh, Louisville's defense isn't that great. You know, they don't get to the quarterback very much. They only have five sacks. They only have seven quarterback hurries. Um, yeah, but they're still an aggressive defense. They just don't get there. Um, you know, 
even Eastern Kentucky had like a 67% completion percentage um, against that, that defense, but they only had 4.4 yards per completion. So, I mean, you know, they are allowing, I think, 76% against, you know, Division One caliber quarterbacks. They don't get to the quarterback very often. Um, they're giving up 5.01 yards per rush. Some of that is, is that, that Ole Miss game. You know, Ole Miss just pounded the ball on them. They gave up four rushing touchdowns, I believe, to 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 Ole Miss. But you know, you also looked at <clears throat> the defense played two good quarterbacks. They played Matt Matt Corral and, and they played Dylan Gabriel. So they played good two good quarterbacks. So you have to I think put a little you know asterisk there to, uh, on their stats in the passing game. So. But I don't think this is a great defense. I mean, they're good on third down. Uh, Louisville offensively is really bad on third down. They're only thirty six percent completion or thirty six percent on third down. So, you know, it's like FSU, both teams aren't really great on staying on the field so far. Um, I, I think that Louisville is really feasted on, on Cunningham's legs. So if they can knock that out and, and take him take that part out of the game, you know, force him to be a passer, I think that's really what FSU's got to do on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, and I mean, Louisville's defense, it, it doesn't really scare me, but Florida State's offense does scare me, you know, because like I said earlier, it just doesn't feel like they've been able to get out of their own way so far, whether it's just the constant rotations, the penalties, the turnovers. I mean, eventually something has got to go right. Right, guys? I mean, eventually. There's got to yeah, be some I mean, kind of – it's just been so negative that it's got to turn into a positive. Good things come in 49 days. That's it. But <laughs> o- o- Ole Miss is like really bad. I'm mean, not Ole Miss, but uh, Louisville is really bad on first down. You know, if you if you throw against them, you know, I forget what the stats were, but they're giving up a ton of yards on, on first down uh, when teams throw on first down against them. So, and then, like situationally, you know, Louisville. They're aggressive, like I said, but you know the stats don't show that you know that they're getting home and that they're necessarily a great defense. So this could be something that can help the offense in terms of getting a little bit healthy when it comes to big plays and putting points on the board. But I don't think any of us really have a lot of belief that's going to happen. Johnny's saying eight and five with the bowl when it's still possible. Hashtag good vibes. You gotta have uh, got, these kind of people. You gotta have these kind of people in your life, though. Guys. You, you, you got some good Mary Jane. You got hey. You gotta have these people though. There's only a few in Tallahassee still and across the country that have the kind. You can of, technically, still go ten and three. Yeah. So so Florida State went zero and four in nineteen seventy four. That was a year after they went zero zero uh, eleven. So that was a fifteen game losing streak. So in, in seventy four they went one and ten. So. You know, FSU is talking about going 0 and 4 for the first time since 1974. 47 years. Yeah. Mm. And that good. year, that year they went 1 in 10. So, could be comparable. Um, mm-hmm. it's crazy, man. So, I mean, there's a lot riding on this game. It seems like that's every week now. Have we gotten past it? Like, this is the most important <laughs> game we've had in so many years. Is that dead now? Every game until yet. they win is a must. <laughs> it is important. 
No, now that's just a regular thing to be said. I remember we just say it maybe once every two years when we're previewing a game, but now you got to celebrate the small week. W's, man. Like, you know, this, this would be a small W, you know, in order to get some 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 positivity, you know, with, with these players. But Probably you know, FSU is seventy, FSU is seventy third in the F plus ratings. Their offense is fifty nine, and the defense is seventy eighth, and they're sixty ninth in. Um, S plus that was of last week. So surprised the defense was that high up, honestly. Yeah. Um but Florida State has scored more points than Clemson. Yeah. What do you do? They're a hundredth in scoring in the country. There's a chance, Nate. The comments are saying it. There's a chance. There there is a chance, you know. Um, you know, <laughs> I'm just making if, you if bite can, on stuff. <laughs> if, if they can make Louisville one dimensional throwing offense, yeah, they have a good chance. Because, you know, I think that Florida State can get after the quarterback and put pressure on Cunningham. But if, like Austin said, if he gets out loose and runs all over them, you can forget about it. He's going to go for 175 and three scores. This is the game last year where Jordan Travis went off. He's no longer on this team. Well, they still I lost. shouldn't say on the team, but I shouldn't say that. But <laughs> he's on the team, but Jesus. doesn't feel like it. Doesn't feel it's, like it. They, they still lost, though, right? Still lost. But that was a lot of your offense. How, how did he go off? Ninety percent, sixteen points. That's not going off. No, made some impressive plays. No, that, that was your only play. offense. That was your where, only where, offense. Where he he, he and you still can't throw the ball the again. Yeah, he had the one play. Yeah, he where, where he dribbled the ball off the ground for a touchdown. Which game am I thinking of where he had his moment? Is that Boston College? No, that's when he came in against Jacksonville State or whomever last year and played well no. and, and helped them win. No. <laughs> Not at all. Otherwise, Duke. Duke, stop it. Goodness. I mean, let's, think about, year, bro. let's think about um, the schedule for a minute because, you know, you've got Louisville this weekend, a middling ACC team. You've got probably one of the worst ACC teams in Syracuse coming in next Saturday. And if somehow Florida State doesn't get on the board with a win here in those next two weeks, I mean, you're looking at going into North Carolina at 0-6 or at 0-5 and coming back to play UMass at home with the Fighting Wall Bells at 0-6, looking for your first win. And, man, can I tell you how unpleasant I would be if Walt Bell came into Tallahassee and somehow beat Florida State with one of the worst teams in the entire FBS. I think Jacksonville State, would beat UMass by 30. I don't think that's a question. I'd probably get kicked off the podcast. <laughs> On Marks, yeah. We let you do, let get out all your stuff with Mark. I, I, I think I'll get an email from Mark. Hey, Nate, appreciate the effort, but um, I'm going to move a different direction. <laughs> yeah. There's not going to be enough beep noises. You don't have a beep thing no. where you can just hold it down, beep, and you just say everything that you need for about five minutes. Uh, yeah, no, I, I mean, looking ahead, I don't even want to look at, I don't even want to look ahead. That's uh, not, that's not. <laughs> no, but you know, you, you, you look at Louisville, you know, they played a good old, a team that looks to be a good old Miss team, you yep. know, offensively UCF looks pretty, pretty solid, you know, um, they're running for 4.42 yards of rush. Cunningham's really their big threat. They're number one. Wide receiver targeted actually the tight end, um, Marshawn Ford, I think his last name is. Yeah. He, he's got 13 catches. 
But, you know, again, I just don't trust Florida State right now. So, I, I well, I, I'll give my prediction, but you know, this is, damn, dude. Like, it's Louisville. This isn't like Louisville, Lamar Jackson. This is like yeah, that's what Louisville. You know? This is Scott Satterfield, Louisville. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're not a big Satterfield fan, right? Or Nate? I feel like no. I like Satterfield. No, you like Satterfield. I, I think he's a good coach. Who's the other one in the ACC that you don't like? Obviously, Dabo. Um, There's someone that you didn't like. I was like, Damn. Um, what's his face at NC State? Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, Dave Dover. Yeah, yeah, Dave you hate. yeah. That guy is a certified salt and vinegar bottle. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> if you're watching out here, Doran, appreciate it. Uh, Nate's not a big fan. Yeah. See you at NC State week for that. This is a big, another big weekend. Another big weekend. We'll have instant reactions from the press box this weekend. So we'll be joining up there from inside Doak. We get to see the lights on after the game, and we'll be seeing if Florida State gets their first win or not. Hopefully, maybe all it took was us to get into the press box, have credentials for Florida State to turn this thing around. Either that is because I can't watch the game because I'll be at work. I can't, what I can't, I wait, for, I can't wait for Florida State to win. I'm like, oh, yeah, you can't watch a game all season. Can't wait for that. I did want to bring up a stat. I think it's time for Noel Game Day to part ways with Sports Illustrated because Florida State in the Noel Game Day Sports Illustrated era is now 0-2 with a loss to an FCS team. <laughs> so how about we put that option on the table? Hey, do you want to go ahead and do that right now, Dustin, with the stats we're looking at currently? <laughs> I don't think it's all. I think you have tied yourself to that website. We got to take one for the team, man. No one's taking no. You're, nah, I'm good, bro. Nah, I think we'll stay. <laughs> I think I'm pretty good. I'm fine with it. <laughs> oh man, gentlemen, before we jump into score predictions, let's give some love to our friends over there at Hobbit American Grill. They've got two great locations uh, in Tallahassee, one at, off of Capital Circle Southeast, 400 Capital Circle Southeast. Uh, definitely go check them out, and then they have another location right next to Doe. Go there before and after this after the game this weekend, they really hook it up. 2020 West Pensacola street. Like I said, it's half a mile from dope, the best wings in town. I love them. I'm almost there every Thursday and Sunday night for my NFL wings that I need. And owner told me too, uh, while I was meeting with her that they actually, if you tell them ahead of time, you call them a few hours before they will set up a TV with your NFL team, MLB, anything, or even call college football too. They'll change the channel for you, and they'll set up a table or two for you and your friends to come by. I don't know of any other restaurant that does that in Tallahassee, and they hook it up, and they're awesome. And I also want to help out a, a local restaurant in town. So, And the wings are amazing. I know Dustin can talk about them a lot, but the wings, Garnet and Gold, if you want a little spicier, you go with the Garnet and Golds. can never go wrong. I like the Carolina Gold, extra wet, extra crispy. Carolina Oh. The Carolina Gold is ridiculous. I, I really like their boneless wings, man. They're great. <sighs> they're chicken nuggets with sauce on them. Every time I'm going to tell you that. But definitely go check them out. One, uh, I'll tell you guys one last time. 400 Capital Circle Southeast is their location. 
kind of more north and then their south location in Tallahassee's 2020 West Pensacola Street, half a mile from the stadium. Go before the game and go afterwards. Uh, tell them food, no game day sent you. Yeah, tell them no game day sent you. They would love to hear that. Please. All right. Let's do it. Score predictions, everybody. Now, Nate is in last place. It is a tie at first. Nate was the only one that predicted Florida State to beat Wake Forest. He was going to take, he was trying to go take a solo lead there. He's going to take an L there, but <laughs> he has a chance to maybe, who knows? People could be switching up here. I don't know. We haven't talked about it in the production meeting. We don't know what kind of score predictions are going to be happening here, but I went second. I think we all week. know. Whoa. I'll go last. I'll bet money that none of you will predict Florida State to win. I, I, I'll go first. You, I'll go first. <laughs> no, I ain't going to pay from you. Though. Last to first. <laughs> so, um, screw it. Florida State 30, Louisville 28. Wow. <laughs> Nate. They get Nate. On the board. <laughs> Let's start. Nate, Nate. They, get, they, they get on the board, man. Florida State pulls it out. Do we know what the staff, out of all the staff, all the writers, do we have an update there on? Who took an I, L last week I, I, so we can shout them out? I'm, I'm going to predict Nate. FSU to win every game until they Yeah, five, <laughs> Stop five of our nine staff members predicted Florida State to win last week. Can we name so, them? Are we able to name? Nate. Call them out. Noah. Dang, Noah. Rookie uh, Noah. Jacob, I think. I could pull it Damn, up. Damn, basketball really Jacob. Rookie basketball Jacob, too. Your son. Awesome. Right, with your son. Charleston did, too. He'll learn. Charleston did? Yep. Oh, Charleston. So, hey, I'm, I'm not I, 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 I got FSU 30, Louisville 28. I got Florida State pulling it out. I got Ryan Fitzgerald kicking the field goal as time expires to redeem himself after Notre Dame. <laughs> that would be something. <laughs> like it's a dramatic thing. Florida State <laughs> gets, gets their first W of the season. Um. And, and, and we have and, a happy and, Nate after the game. And, and, and then they, they go on a winning streak before they go to Carolina. <laughs> I, I hope so. Nothing would make me happier than Florida State beating Louisville and Syracuse these next two weeks so I can go to Chapel Hill with some kind of optimism. That's right. You're going to Chapel Hill. Maybe. <laughs> we'll see. Whoa. Not, I mean, not, you, you Bandwagon gotta go, fan. You, you got to go to be supportive, but you also got to go to yeah. watch, uh, watch Sam Howell. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna bring another basketball sign too. Um, nice. I think there's gonna be I think there's gonna be some regression to the mean. You know, you know, Nate mentioned the stats earlier how they're statistically they're not terrible. They just gotta finish drives. At some point, there's gonna be a regression to the mean. They're they're gonna put points on the board. This is a good chance to do that. Um, like we've we've talked about, Louisville's defense isn't great. If you can sustain some drives. Especially if, run the ball. They, they really don't have a good rushing defense. If you can run the ball, keep Malik Cunningham off of the field, they have a chance. But Florida State hasn't shown me anything to say they're going to do that. So I, I got I got Louisville forty four, FSU twenty seven. Goodness gracious! I, I'm picking Florida State to win a game till they actually win one. So I don't care. I don't care if I get every damn prediction wrong. I'm. I'm, I'm Nate has uh, gone to full uh, on. Uh, I'm going to will this team to get a W. That's going to be Nate. <laughs> Nate did everything for Null Game. Did he yeah, get I did everything for this website. Since he's joined. You know. And now he's going <laughs> to save now, the football now, program. Now, now I'm going to save the program. 
I'm moving on to bigger things, you know? Bigger and better things with Nate Greer. I'm going to go in the opposite direction because I remember last week, I don't know if Austin said it on here or if he wrote it on his score prediction on the website, but he said, I will not predict Florida State to win another game this season until they actually do. And that is exactly how I feel. I mean, this team, they've just proven to us time and time again that they don't have what it takes whenever the lights go on. I mean, you know, you can do it right in practice a thousand times, but when you get out there and get your ass whipped when it matters, no no one really cares how you're practicing. And, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm hopeful that things start to get turned around this week, but I'm just – I'm going to predict based off what I've seen to this point. I'll go Louisville 45, FSU 20. Oh, my God. Jesus. Sorry. Goodness gracious almighty, everybody – Holy smokes, the chat. But also, if you're in the chat right now, put in your score predictions. Mandatory, you have to. If you're watching, you got to see what they are saying. David saying 42-20 FSU. So about the complete opposite of what you There have. you go, David. There you go, David. N- Nate David saving the FSU program. Right there. Yeah, if that happens, it'll be in the articles. Yeah. Uh, in just about a, two years, it probably will be. It's better to just prepare yourself for pain, and then when it happens, you, you don't feel as bad. That is true. That does happen. That's kind of how I feel, yeah. Yeah. If I, if I prepare for a blowout, we only lose by like six. I'm like, oh, not bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, I'm not worried about too much of Louisville's defense, but I also, like we talked about, FSU's play calling and the offense scares me. So that doesn't help me there. And then look on the other side of things, Florida State's Adam Fuller versus Malik Cunningham, which will probably make him look like a Heisman nominee by the third quarter. Um <laughs> That's what hurts look me like even the more. Coming of Lamar Jackson. Yep, we'll get flashes of that, and it not even shouldn't even be a threat, but it is with Florida State's defense. I'm really worried. So this is going to be what's happened. This is what I think is going to happen. Um, Florida State's going to have some little bit of rhythm on offense, but on the other side of the ball, the defense is going to be just they can't handle it. Louisville is going to start scoring and scoring and scoring, and then we'll get the same old. Heads are down, guys aren't fully trying, tackles are missed, and that's where Louisville just keeps running up the score. And that's why a lot of these guys on here are predicting a high score because that's probably what we're going to see. That's, that's most likely what's going to happen on Saturday. I don't think it'll be that much of a score. I do think how many points until you uh, – I know it's – I think Florida State's defense has now allowed 90-something points in three games. How many points so, in order to have Fuller move on real quick before I get my score prediction? How many points does it have to be – Hopefully four. just 35. Six. Hopefully it's just six. 35. Out of there. 35 and it's over. Or 40. Um, I, think it, I think they got to get to 50. 40, 40 plus. 40 plus. Um, but um, I, I forget the exact stat, but I believe like the last nine games or something like that, FSU Louisville has gone over the over under. So mm, worth uh, noting. Over under, I think it's sixty point five or sixty two point five, and then um, the spread has dropped to one point five. So, you know, it started out as three, right? Three. I think it was. Then it went down to. I two. think it was two or maybe even one point yeah. five when it first opened. So, um, what what's the longest losing streak at Doak? You know. I, 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 it's got to be from those years of nineteen. No, no, like, like when, when Doke was dope. So you know, since you know Bowden, you know, what, what's the longest losing streak? And I'm gonna have to look that up. Maybe three, because now we're looking at Florida State. 
losing. This would be the third Owen, at home. Oh, and three. They beat Duke last year at home, last game of the season. Yep. Yeah. I'm loving. I'm loving the comments. Everybody's saying, ah, F it. And then they put FSU to win. Yeah, man. <laughs> and then they got FSU <laughs> winning. They get listen, their laughing guys. faces next to it. Listen, guys. Because so, <laughs> they don't want to make themselves look yeah. silly. I'll, yeah, all but Nate's li- doing it for you. Nate's taking yeah. care of the silliness for you here. Yeah, no, all, all y'all listen, man. Like, when when I came on to no game day, I steered them in the right direction. You just follow me. I'm, I'm going to get you that W. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we've never had any problems with comments or anything. We haven't had... Jordan Travis's brothers get mad about anything. It's been all good. It's been all well, roses. I mean, you can kind of see Nate was kind of right. So, oh, here we go. All right, first, uh, let me uh, get my uh, score before we before wait, we wait, 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 wait. Uh, thank you, Dustin. Uh, I I was correct, but was he fully correct about Milton? Me? Yeah, I thought it was just the long coming of the next. Uh, Archie. No. Oh my god! I never uh, said that. Get the fuck I don't like. It sounded well. How do you look against me? Who was the best quarterback on Saturday? Who led down the field? Um, that quarterback is not available. So, mm-hmm. well, who? What? I'm going back to Saturday. Why does it this matter? Talking about We're this Saturday. It doesn't I'm matter. Talking, I'm talking about Nate. Nate was talking about, or Dustin was saying it. But whoever gets think you points was, on the board as a quarterback, Logan. we know who's Logan. a quarterback. But Logan, as someone leading down the field. They scored 14 points against Wake Forest, so let, let's none not celebrate that, that L. And none with Milton. Uh, let's move on. Uh, score prediction 35, Louisville 21, FSU. I think that's going to be my most accurate score of the season, and I'm putting my lock on it. Why are you, why are you looking at me like that, Dustin? Because it's going it's to be more points than that. More? <clears throat> 30 28, yeah. y'all believe. So, if if Dustin's score and Austin's score are correct, then Adam Fuller's fired on Saturday. I don't think they'll fire him unless it's but, like, but, but, like, like real talk, real talk, real talk like, like for real. Like, if FSU loses by th- three touchdowns, man, you could, FSU's looking at two wins tops. This is not a good Louisville I team. I think they're already looking at two win stops. <laughs> nah, the, you I, got I, UMass I, and maybe Syracuse. What's the ceiling uh, right now? Four and eight. You get you beat Louisville, Cuse, UMass, and BC or NC State. That's like Miami. the prime ceiling. They're beating Miami. Oh my god! <laughs> Can't wait for the game on. Where National is that Geographic being filmed? At seven a.m. National yeah. Geographic at Florida 7? State is beating Miami. <laughs> I'm, I'm not like laugh. I'm not like laughing at it because they, I, think, they, they, I don't think Miami's fantastic. But they're, they're I just love a, how I'm like you're just they're gonna have an interim coach by that by the time FSU plays Miami. So <laughs> I want to be as you be out of there. there. They're, they're, they're gonna have Rhett Lashley as a as a interim coach, and then they're They'll gonna go out the and, and try to get uh, Mario Cristobal. And he's gonna laugh at him. Then they'll try to get Billy Napier. He's gonna laugh at him. They'll end up with um, Larry Coker coming back because Miami sucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! <laughs> Goodness I, gracious! I, I, go ahead and get the bets in now. Florida State seventy-five, Miami two. <laughs> get the bets in now. <laughs> oh my god! <goodness. laughs> 
Uh, it seems like I'm the only one laughing, but for the podcast people, Austin and Dustin are also. Crying. We're dying in the background. I have to mute it, man. Yeah, we're uh, dying. <laughs> oh, goodness. So, Lordy Day, we got to get off here. Uh, but, yeah, we'll be up there. Press box. We'll have coverage. We'll have a live thread on Sports Illustrated on the site. We'll have live coverage, uh, live tweets. We'll have an instant reaction uh, show right there immediately. We'll have press conference quotes everything so a lot more uh, coverage coming on our way and i just went through my brain of how much is about to start happening i'm about about to lose it but we're excited i uh, definitely appreciate everybody listening and watching this evening if you haven't yet go check out the site like i said at least gonna be about a 75 article week here go check out the articles lots of stuff lots of content if you're worried about bailey hockman it's on the website if you're worried about warren thompson it's on the website we're all over the place we're in coverage on every area and also uh, shout out to Jacquez Patrick signing with the 53 man roster over there with yeah, the 49ers. Congrats. That's congrats. great news. And we did talk yeah. NFL Knowles. What real quick, Jalen Ramsey's a dog. Derwin James is the best safety. Dalvin Cook, uh, I think, just warming up. And uh, Brian Asante Burns. Brian Burns is dirty. Asante yeah. had a pick. Asante Samuel, no, Asante. number number two, um, when targeted against a, a pretty talented receiving core in Dallas. So now he 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 battled against Amari Cooper and, and CeeDee Lamb, both two really good route runners. So yeah. You know, that that's really good to see him you know, having a great start to the season. Brian Burns, man, doesn't get talked about enough, but and, and he was f- all over Jameis. You know, field goal kicker university, you know. Yeah. You know Hop- Hopkins and uh you know Gano had five for five. And then six first. Yeah, along a, 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 a long 55 they were eight. They were a combined eight for eight. Eight of eight, yeah. And game-winning field goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, like so. everybody. Everybody played uh, everybody played with Jameis. will bounce back. I'm not too worried about that. No, they'll get back into a groove there. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> for their staff there, they were COVID-19 all over the place. We're, they, yep. Marshawn Lattimore is just not going to play after getting all that money. Still don't have Starting Michael Thomas. out. Just so it was just a beat up, and they're yeah, they haven't, they haven't Louise been home. doesn't know how to block. Yeah, they haven't been home either. So, and their and stadium just, caught on fire yesterday. Yeah, like everything's falling apart. But <laughs> Wait, I'm what? not too worried about. I'm not worried <laughs> about, that. about that. I did not see that. I don't know how bad it was, but I, yeah, at one point yesterday, the Superdome was on fire, and there was like a picture of someone on top of the building. Wow. Not Yikes. really sure what exactly transpired there. Yikes. Josh Sweat. Yeah, Josh uh, yeah, Sweat is yeah, who got paid. You got to shout out Josh Sweat for getting paid. Yep, got paid. I don't have the number on me. Shout out my former classmate. $29 million. Former classmate. Yeah. $29 million guaranteed. Hey, to come back after that knee injury that kid suffered in high school, I mean, that just shows and, you know he's got a damn good work ethic. Yeah, mm-hmm. it does. Good for him. So, and, and, lot, and, NFL knows, man. And the kid Showing played out. as the kid played as a true freshman at FSU. Mm-hmm. People, you know, people. They said almost that he amputated would, his leg. Yeah, like for him, for him to to make it back and, and to have a now a, a long term career, you know, he'll end up playing what six, seven, eight years after after that knee injury. I think is is really good to see. Yeah. Yeah, NFL Knowles rolling, baby. Good to watch on Sundays after Florida State's uh, games on Saturday. Can't lie. 
But uh, yeah, best of luck to the NFL Knowles this upcoming weekend. Gentlemen and ladies, thanks so much for watching. If you're on YouTube, definitely hit that like button. If you've still been hanging around, definitely appreciate everybody in the chat. Johnny, uh, Mendoza. I know Eric Angel was in here early. A ton of other people in here chatting it up. Definitely appreciate all of our regular listeners there. If you're on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, hit that subscribe button. If you're on iTunes right now, or if you were going to listen to it later, go to the reviews and leave a rating. If you leave a five-star, that really does help us out. Leave a review on how much back hair do you think Dustin Lewis has. We definitely appreciate it. Drop that down into the iTunes review there so Nate can get an understanding of what his budget, what he's got to work with for the rest of the month. So, For the record, it. no one on this podcast has seen my back. So let's just put uh, that out there. We went to – we stayed in a hotel together in Orlando. I got pictures. Okay. Logan sent it to me. You guys are cuddling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, what happens the at the button? Kenny Shaw camp stays at the Kenny Shaw camp. <laughs> that is true. Per Carlos Williams. <laughs> uh, all right. Y'all be good. Everybody enjoy the rest of y'all's week. Get ready for the game this upcoming weekend. Enjoy sports. And we'll be there talking to you guys inside Doke for the instant reaction. That's so weird to say, but we'll be there inside Doke for the instant reaction this time. Y'all enjoy it. Have a great rest of y'all's week. We'll talk to you guys uh, on Saturday evening. <laughs>